Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast. We are presented by Legal Pete's, my favorite restaurant in the entire world right now. My name is Jake Schwanitz. I'm joined by Will Darkey. We're talking some hoops today. Um, I wish I started this show off on a better mood, but after last night, Will, it's uh, it's tough to do so, man. Yeah, kind of feels like it's the same thing every single time. Or not the same thing, but just never know. Highs are super high, lows are super low. Sometimes we come in here and it's like, wow, buffs are really turning it around. <laughs> I know. And then the next time we meet up, it's like, okay, the the buffs have really taken a couple steps back. Yeah, um, I feel I felt this one kind of coming, man. I mean, they were on an eight and or a seven and one run in their last eight. Uh, of course, that terrible loss to Cal in between there. Even though they won seven of eight, it just never really felt like. They had that momentum going and this thing was changing. Let's talk about last night. Seven-point loss to USC on the road. What did you see? Um, main thing I saw, it was, uh, I think my like main tweet after the game, was that this wasn't a USC win. In my eyes, this was purely a Buffs loss. Uh, 22 turnovers by the Buffs last night. I That number just was mind-boggling to me so i actually went went back and looked at just the past couple seasons for the buffs and i got some stats to bring up about it so oh let's go it was it was a season high for the buffs our second highest of the season was against arizona state another game that we really let slip away and at arizona or when arizona state came we had 20 turnovers in that game so 22 last night arizona state 20 um that was the highest turnover total since December of 2020. So over two years when we also had 22 against Tennessee Um, on the season, we now already have two 20 plus turnover games in the past four seasons combined. We had only had two total. And then the cherry on top for the game specifically last night was KJ and Tristan both had season highs in turnovers. They combined for 13. KJ had seven and Tristan had six, which was double his previous season high. So just, but yeah, like I said, it wasn't really a USC win in my eyes. It was more CU just handing this to USC and this was a CU loss. I mean, 22 turnovers and going into the final minutes, I don't know the exact differential but it was like a three four point game like all the way down the stretch in the second half they were in it the entire time but then just completely collapsed towards the end um let's talk about something good though i think we saw loss and lovering's best game of the season so far no doubt about that i believe it was his first career double double um man almost had that in the first half too finishes the game with 13 points 14 rebounds i believe he was at nine and nine right before halftime it took him just over one minute into the second half to get that. What'd you see from him? I loved what I saw from him. The 13 points is awesome. Like 
I think that was a little bit of an anomaly. I don't think you always get that from Lawson. But the thing I loved even more was the 14 rebounds. That was just so big to see from Lawson, who as of late, I felt like he was kind of struggling on the glass Um, for a seven-foot guy. I was a little unimpressed with some of the numbers as of late, but 14 rebounds for Lawson. I was... I hadn't even realized that. I was kind of surprised when um, his previous career high was only nine rebounds. I I thought he would have had at least one double-digit rebound game by now, but it was really awesome to see 14 boards uh, for Lawson last night. That's what I love to see. And I hope – I keep saying it, and then the inconsistency inconsistency shows up, but I hope this is a little bit of a building block that Lawson can take. It it really seemed like that though. It seemed like last night was like an actual step for him in his development and his confidence um, and just the comfort level for him on the floor, especially on the offensive end. We talked about the 14 rebounds, but seven of them were offensive rebounds. Um, We've seen his impact on the defensive end, just, you know, communicating, uh, being able to rotate and just play well under the rim. But now it seems like that offensive side of his game is really coming out and he's playing with some actual confidence on that side of the uh, the court. Yeah, I uh, I forget what at what point it was in the second half, but I think Lawson had maybe 11 points at this time. And the commentators in the game were talking about like, like Lawson like goes and kind of takes a pull-up jump shot from about the free throw line. They're like, can, can that be a heat check when you haven't <laughs> taken a jump shot all game? So I didn't like that, but yeah. I I don't think we'll see Lawson shooting too many of those jump shots, but I loved how he was a presence inside. I loved the alley-oops to him. It's like, he's seven foot, just throw it up there. And if he if he starts to play like this bigger man that he is, then he'll he'll be the guy going up the highest and he should be able to come down with those like we were seeing last night. And yeah, I, I, I loved his presence on the offensive glass too. He, there was a couple like tip drills that there, it was kind of volleyball, but Lawson was the tallest guy there and he was able to win out. And yeah, seven offensive rebounds is just awesome to see from him. Another guy that stood out, uh, Julian Ruffin, um, at least in the first half, I believe it was just over a two minute stretch of time when the buffs were down uh, after the opening minutes by double digits. He has a flurry of nine points. He hits two threes. Uh, I believe he gets fouled on a three point shot, nails all three of his three uh, free throws. That really brought them the buffs back in this game. That was so huge because Lawson was kind of doing his thing, but Tristan and uh, KJ weren't really going yet early in that game. What'd you see from Ruffin? I want that man to wear the mask every game. I don't care yes, if he's mask rough. <laughs> yeah, I don't care if he's hurt or if he gets completely healthy. We need Batman Ruffin. He <laughs> I don't know, he put the mask on and he kind of became a man possessed last night. Uh I look if you look at the three point stats last night, we took 17 threes as a team. Javon Ruffin was three of six and then the rest of the team was two of 11. So he was literally the only life from beyond the perimeter last night. And it would have been four of seven if he got that half court shot off just yes. two tenths of a second earlier. Great that point. was 
that was awesome and then kind of sucked but just still that was still an awesome shot so i don't know i think he's got to wear yeah. the mask every game i don't care if he's injured or not he's just <laughs> i'm a superstitious guy and the mask was mask was working for javon last night so it really was man and great point on the uh the three-pointer before the half um that was such a big moment as you mentioned maybe another 10th or two and that thing counts um it would have been massive because at that point the score is 34 32 Ruffin hits the three. All of a sudden, it looks like after a pretty terrible first half, the Buffs are going to go into the locker room with the lead. Not the case. The refs wave it off. Let's talk about our guys then. Tristan Da Silva, KJ Simpson. Not their best efforts, not their worst efforts. We'll start with KJ. What did you see from him last night? Um, KJ... I think the thing that stands out for me the most, we already talked about it, was was the turnovers. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pinpoint it really. I think like the one, just the glaring highlight or low light that stands out to me is the the pass with a couple minutes left that he just airmails. I forget who he yeah. airmails it over. Um, maybe I think Hammond. it was rough. Oh, was it rough? Or okay. was it Hammond? Okay, it was somebody in the corner, and it just. It felt like um, he just couldn't really. I don't know if like the game was playing a little too quick for him last night. It just he maybe felt a little rushed. It just felt a little sloppy. And um, after the Oregon State game, I went back to look, and Tad talked about KJ's turnovers, and he's like, "Yeah, he had four turnovers. You'd like to see that number go down to two, but instead he finishes with the season high seven. So I think. Like that's the main thing that I point at is KJ, who's supposed to be your main point guard. Maybe he's not the most traditional point guard, but when he's supposed to be the main guy taking the ball up the court for the starters and he finishes mm-hmm. with seven turnovers, it's just it's not a stat you like to see. So I don't know. He he provided some sparks elsewhere. Um he I did. he had a one of the few threes outside of Javon Ruffin. I remember he had a, a big three, came in a big spot, I think, in the first half, trying to kind of come back from the early deficit they put themselves in. Um, and he had, he had a couple nice moves to the hoop that finished with and ones and converted on the free throws, which is also something we haven't seen too much this season by the team. But overall, the thing I just can't look past is the the seven turnovers for me. Yeah, it was rough. Finished with a team-high 17 points, actually a game-high 17 points when I look at it. And as you mentioned, it was kind of some some flurries of damage control for him. I mean, it, towards the end of the second half, he kind of had a run, too, that brought this game within about three points or so. Anything else you want to touch on before I move on? Uh, Move on to Tristan or move on beyond the game? Oh, yeah, Tristan, of course. Let's talk about him. What did you see from him? Only 5 of 12 from the field, 1 of 3 behind the arc. Um, only four rebounds from him also ended up with 13 points. What'd you see? The 13 points looks nice. It was, I think, second leading scorer on the team. Um, but I'm not, I don't want to be too critical, but I personally think that was Tristan's worst game of the season. The six turnovers again is just the glaring thing yeah. for me. I just, the thing that I've noticed about Tristan um, is, at the games at home, 
I think it was the Oregon State game. He first shot of the game, he took a three, goes in, and I like turned to him like this is, is going to be a good Tristan game. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like when he gets going early, he builds that confidence, and then he can kind of get in his bag. Team the the opponent will start to respect his jump shot, and so then he can make a move and get to the hoop. And last night, I don't know if it was necessarily he wasn't feeling his jump shot. It just felt like he could never get going offensively. Um, there was just a couple times that he'd try to make a spin move or he, he'd just try to like get into the middle and get to the rim, and he just kept getting pickpocketed. I don't, I don't know if he was like necessarily sloppy with the ball. I just think USC pinpointed him, and mm-hmm. they really, um, really did a good job on that matchup. They, I felt like there was a lot of double teams on him. And yeah, they were just able to like get a lot of steals when he was trying to drive to the hoop. And that's where you get the six turnovers for Tristan, which is a season. I don't know if it's a career, but it's definitely a season high, probably a career high. Um, So yeah, I, the one thing that concerns me with Tristan, I, again, I'm just superstitious and it's, there's probably nothing behind it, but it's just it's weird how Tristan is this God of a basketball player at the CU event center. Right. But then when we've gone on the road, I think it's been four PAC 12 road games. Now I'm not the non-conference games. I didn't look at, but just looking at the four PAC 12 road games that buffs have had so far, Tristan, he's just been a lot less efficient and just a lot more of a non-factor in those games. And, you just can't have that in these road settings because you're already it's already an uphill battle just being on the road. So you need your you need your top guys to come out and have honestly better games than they have at home. Yeah, good analysis. Um I think you're right. Four Pac twelve games on the road so far. The buffs are one and three in those games. The only win coming against Stanford. And they should have probably lost that game too, because uh KJ really pulled it out at the end for them. With Tristan, I think it just goes back to that aggressiveness Tad talks about. When he's aggressive, man, I, it's like what you said uh, against Oregon State. You can almost sense it, and you can feel it right away from him. We just haven't really seen that on the road. We'll put this one to bed. We'll start talking about UCLA and the big picture. But first, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, where it is Wild Card Round Weekend and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is the best place to bet on the NFL playoffs to kick out, to kick off the road to the Super Bowl, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. You can also boost your winnings with their stepped up same game parlays up to a hundred percent. And plus all new and existing customers can get a no sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. That's three days. We're playing Saturday, we're playing Sunday and we have a game on Monday night. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DMVR. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DMVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, shout out to our new friends over at JiveHive. JiveHive is a virtual dispensary on wheels that offers convenient pricing, privacy, and security. So no matter where you are, what you're doing, if you want... Jive Hive to deliver to you discreetly. They get you covered there. If you're already partner, already partying, you know who to order from. 
you don't have to leave the house, get on the roads, especially with all the weather going on out here in Colorado. Just visit jivehive.com. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com and get your order delivered the same day or scheduled delivery window. And we'll be there to say hi. Now serving Monument, Falcon, Peyton, Fountain, Woodland Park, Security, Whitefield, Aurora, Greenwood Village. Again, that's jivehive, J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. All right, man. UCLA, another Pac-12 road game, this time against a top 10 team. We've seen the buffs in these big games against ranked opponents really show up and flat out win um, against Tennessee and against Texas A&M. And not just win. It's an onslaught. Usually they are blowing these ranked teams out the building. What are you thinking going into this matchup? Uh, So I think it's a must win. I said this in one of my tweets last okay, night. I love that. I think there's the way that I categorize must wins, there's two types of must wins. There's a must win in the sense that like a Cal is was a must win in the sense that you can't drop that and hurt your resume because it would hurt it so bad. And then we lost that mm-hmm. game, but that's yeah. besides the point. <laughs> the other must win is a must win to boost your resume. And so I the first one I call a must win in the worst way possible. I don't think this is a must win in the best way possible. Like it's not that like right. opposite, but I think this is a must win in that the season's not over if you lose this because let's be honest, it's number seven UCLA on the road. It's an incredibly tough matchup, but just with our record in Pac-12 play, the Grambling loss is still there. You just the Tennessee, the Tennessee win while great, it's just starting to lose its shine more and more as you keep losing these games. And so, I think if CU can somehow pull off this win on the road at UCLA, it'll add another one to that Tennessee. And the Texas AM win is starting to look better and better by the day, too. But right now, the main one's the Tennessee win. But if you can add this UCLA road win, next to the Tennessee win, that makes your resume a whole lot prettier going into Selection Sunday. It would be nice to get another big ranked win, this one in conference, obviously. Who are we looking out for on the UCLA side? Who is going to be giving the Buffs issues? I know Jamie Jaquez is a beast. so Yeah, so Jaquez is going to be – he's a senior, um, so he just the veteran experience – I remember when he came to the CU event center like four years ago as a little freshman and the, the CU student section, I always feel like they like to pick out one player on the opposing side. And whenever that guy gets the ball in his hands, just the booze rain down from the student section. And for some reason, when little freshman Jaime Hawkes was in the building that day, like four years ago, the student section picked him. And he was this nobody, but I I honestly think that game was like his villain revenge story because ever <laughs> since then, he's now a top five player in the nation. He has become an incredible player for UCLA. So he's the biggest, I think he's their best player. But the matchup that I'm honestly more worried about is the guards, Tiger Campbell and Jalen Clark. Those are, it's going to be just it's it's a really daunting matchup for the guards. I said KJ Simpson in my notes, but um, 
it's not just going to be KJ. KJ's going to, like, we use the bench a lot. So Julian Hammond's going to have to step up. Javon Ruffin's going to have to step up. Ethan Wright, if he's out there, he's going to have to step up because Tyree Campbell and Jalen Clark are arguably one of the best one two punches in the nation. And it's <laughs> this UCLA squad is just dirty everywhere. But at the same time, somebody said it in the Discord. They said before the USC game, they're like, I fully expect us to lose by 20 to USC and then beat UCLA by 20. Yep. So <laughs> who knows? Buffs could go out there and shut down this entire UCLA team, but they are uh, they are a very daunting matchup on paper. That would be typical Colorado Buffs 2022-2023 uh, vibes if they come back with this road trip splitting it one of one and it's a loss to uh, USC and then just a win against UCLA. Yeah. How do we feel about loss and going into this matchup, man? Lawson. I think, I think Lawson can do all right in this matchup. Their, their big man, his name's Adam Bona. He's a five-star freshman. He was like a top 10 recruit in the nation. So he's got the talent, but he's also, an experienced freshman. Um, so I, I always love experience in college basketball. Granted, Lawson didn't have too much of a freshman year last season with his injury, but if Lawson can build upon the big performance we just saw from him and uh, I don't know, be another offensive presence on the glass, that would be huge. I honestly think the bigger thing is uh the turnovers uh ucla currently i looked at it they are the number three team in ken palm with the fourth ranked defense so just an incredible defense i you i can't put money on this i wish i could but if i could i would put money on ucla coming out with some type of press or putting just a press on us early whether it be a full court or half court i don't know that but i I can see UCLA just really trying to fluster the buffs early on with a press Mm -hmm. um, and just build up a lead quickly so that they just got a cushion to work with for the rest of the game. So the buffs, they need to cut down on the turnovers immensely because UCLA is an incredible defense and their defense will just translate into transition offense. And you, you just can't give up transition offense points to the number four defense because they'll just run away with the game. So you really need to limit the amount of turnovers from 22 to I, you got to keep it single digits, but with UCLA, that's going to be a tough test too. So I guess I'll say, keep it below 20 and (laughs) then, then we're talking. Man, these turnovers just been killer all year. I know Tad's probably just like, it's probably keeping him up at night, just watching this team consistently turn the ball over and having those flashes just replay in his head. Let's put some predictions down. How do you think this one ends up? Are the buffs, I don't even want to say win. Are they competitive in this game? Do they take care of the ball? Are they hitting their shots? Um, is it close as we kind of wind down in the second half? I'm going to say, yeah, I, everything in my brain just, logically speaking is saying no but you just have to throw logic to the side with this team 
So I'm going, I'm going, yeah, it's going to be close. I think I could see it playing out, not exactly like the Tennessee game, but I think we went into the half down two or three to Tennessee. So I could see it. You stick close in the first half and then uh, the second half, another note I said is uh, Tad's referenced three-point shooting as feast or famine. Last right. last night was obviously a famine night for the, the team besides Javon. But uh, you need a feast night, and that's where I think the Buffs could – that's where I think they have a chance is if you can put a couple stops together and go down. I think the Buffs' best o- – Offense is when their good defense turns into transition offense. I, yeah, I hate when the buffs like kind of get their offense set up, and then if the shot clock goes under ten, I just get so much less confident about mm-hmm. the shot that they're going to produce. I like when they play with a quicker pace. So if good defense can then transition into good offense, that's where I like our chances. But yeah, you're going to need a big night from three and. Yeah, but my prediction, I'm, I'm going to say the Buffs at least keep it close. I'm not I'm not saying we win. I don't want to like jinx anything or put a curse on anything, but I'll say we keep it close on the road at UCLA. Love that. I think I'm on the, the same side as you are, man. Um, I was against them last night. I thought that they would disappoint and that they would uh, underwhelm. They were only, I believe, three and a half point dogs. USC ends up covering uh with a seven point win so if i'm on that side on that game i've got to be on the good side when it comes to the bigger ucla games and i think you're right man i think they come out with a fire lit under them they obviously just lost to that uh usc team they're gonna have to and as you mentioned must win it's like a back against the wall game for them Uh, you really got to show something here and as we saw against uh, a&m in tennessee they have shot well in those games. I mean, KJ had a career high up until that point with, uh, I believe it was 30 points against AM. and um, In Tennessee, no one could miss. Everything was just falling. We'll see how that goes against UCLA. But I think that you're you're right, and I'm on the same side with you. I think the we see the good buffs, or if uh, you want to put it into Tad's words, we see, uh, was it Jekyll? That's the good one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I keep forgetting too. I think I think it is Jekyll. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we see Jekyll, not Hyde. Before we wrap up today's show, I want to tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. You guys know we love our Breck beers at DMBR. I know it's Friday already, but today we are having our Breck slash Nuggets watch party for the Clippers game tonight. So if you're hearing this before tonight's game, come out and hang out. At the DMVR bar, we're going to have drink specials, $6 Mile High City Golden Ale drafts. And if you show up, you'll get first dibs on Breck slash DMVR shirt collabs. We're going to have all sorts of giveaways. It's going to be retro themed. And as I mentioned, the Nuggets taking out the Clippers at 8 p.m. tonight. The Nuggets just on a roll, man. They're so much fun to watch. Check out their beer locator. Sorry, go ahead. uh, I was going to say they're the thing uh, keeping me going right now. Yeah. (laughs) Nuggets are the only consistency in my life. Love that. Um, it seems like we're on a pretty special run here. Let's hope it keeps going. A win tonight would be fantastic. Check out Breckenridge Brewery's beer locator at www.breckbrew.com to find a Mile High City Golden Ale, Mountain Beach Sour, Broncos Country Pale Ale, Fun Slinger near you. Let's wrap it up, Will. 
Last night was obviously a pretty bad loss, but in terms of the postseason and the Pac-12, the Buffs are, I mean, they're not out of it, especially within the conference. They're three and a half games back in the conference from UCLA. They obviously have a big opportunity to close that that gap on Saturday. How is this team fitting in the conference? Um, they're hovering about halfway. Can they cross over and be a top half Pac-12 team down the stretch? Um, I think they can. I I'm looking back now and the man, Arizona State, I was not predicting Arizona State to be as good as they are. They're 14 and 3, 5 and 1 in the pack. They dominated Oregon last night on the road. So, wow, that Arizona State lost hurts a lot more now because they'd be 4 and 2, the Buffs would be 4 and mm-hmm. 3. So, uh, like I've said, kind of with everything this week but even this season it's an uphill battle um but yeah i think i think the buffs can still pull it off they get they got to go on the road to the oregon schools mm-hmm. in two weeks they get the washington schools at home next week those are four winnable games you dominated both the oregon schools at home so go on the road and just do what you did last week the washington schools at home i think are very winnable so um, this UCLA game is huge. Like you said, if you can win it, it it narrows that gap between the top schools, with the bus being in the middle of the pack right now. But um, there are still games beyond this UCLA game that I that the Buffs can. They just got to string together some wins. You you just can't have this two wins, one loss, two wins, mm-hmm. one loss. You gotta you gotta string together a win streak, and. Hey, why why not start it tomorrow night at UCLA? For sure. It would make a world of difference if you could somehow pull out this win in terms of the Pac-12 standings. Let's go even bigger picture. Um, I'm not sure if you have Ken Palm and all that stuff in front of you, but in terms of the I tournament, do. love that. In terms of the tournament, is it uh is it over? Is it done well? Um, actually I have Ken Palm. Let me pull up the net because the net okay. isn't like the live all die all, whatever that saying is, mm-hmm. but, uh, that is the official NCAA one. So they kind of use it just hand in hand when they're with, when the selection committee is making the bracket. Um, cause the buffs are currently, they're 49th in Ken Palm, which if that was the net, I'd be feeling good about because if you're if you're hovering in the in and around the 40s, you're kind of on the bubble. You're in bubble talks. Uh, I'd still say high 40s. You're outside of the bubble, but that's Ken Palm with the net right now. The Buffs, they were 60th after the loss. They fell to 62nd. That's a little too far outside of the bubble. Um, let's see. Buffs are one and two in quad one, one and two in quad two. So that the two and four overall in the quadrants that really matter. Mm-hmm. It's not over, but that's why as tough of a matchup as it is tomorrow, that's why I'm pinpointing this UCLA game as a must win. Cause I would say the at large chances at least are holding on by a thread. If you can't win this super tough matchup, Tomorrow night, it's still not over, obviously, because everyone gets invited to the Pac-12 tournament and mm-hmm. anyone can win the Pac-12 tournament. Oregon State, 
did it a couple right. years ago as a mediocre team. And then they made a run to the Elite Eight. But um, yeah, for at-large hopes, holding on by a thread, in my opinion, and a UCLA road win would just pump some life back into that resume. So, For sure. We'll see how it goes, as you mentioned already, and we've mentioned multiple times. It's a big game. We'll see how it all turns out. This one's being nationally broadcast on Fox. Um, it's immediately following that Seahawks 49ers playoff game tomorrow. Um, just and right I, on Fox. I think it could get a lot of exposure coming right off a, a football game because NFL just oh, yeah. pulls in the numbers. So, hey, don't turn off the TV. You got Pac-12 action with Gus Johnson's on the call. I love yes, sir. some Gus Johnson. So I was going to say my guy is going to be on the call. I'm kind of happy this is a road game because I can fully enjoy the Gus Johnson atmosphere and all the calls. I can't wait. I'm sure you're fired up too, man. Oh, yeah. That's why you need a feast night too, so you can hear Gus Johnson go crazy on made threes. (laughs) Yes, sir. Uh, Sign me up. I can't wait. It's going to be a fun one, fun weekend. Of course, we got playoffs, but this huge Buffs basketball game. And as you mentioned, we're back at the CU Event Center next week against the Washington Schools. We'll see if this team can turn it around, man. Thanks again for hopping on, bro. Um, do you have any final thoughts before we head out for the day? Um, no, just Sco Buffs, primetime. Sco Buffs. We, we yes, coming. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Throw them all in there, all the sayings. Um, we'll be back next week talking more hoops. Uh, of course, we'll see you on YouTube for DMVR Buffs primetime. Let's hope we get this win, man. We really need it, and it'd be fun to just – Keep believing in this team and uh, keep talking big picture things with this team. Don't think anyone wants this season to end too early. So we'll be back next week talking hoops. Let's go Buffs.